And welcome back to the Awfully Irish Podcast. Are we getting on, lads? We all right? Not too bad. We have ourselves a guest, uh, Mr. Keanu Lamb. How about you introduce yourself? What's up? I'm Keanu Lamb. (laughs) (laughs) You want to get an idea about this guy? Thomas, pull up his IMDb. Of course. But for you, why don't you explain to the people what you do? All right. Um... Yeah, so actually, funny enough, I don't even, on my biography on the IMDb, I actually tried to get rid of it just because someone, a fan, like, from 2000 and, I don't even remember, like, 13 or 12 or something like that, wrote my bio and just wrote a bunch of random stuff that, it, some of it's true and some of it's not true, but they wrote it as my ex-girlfriend, and I asked her, I'm like, did you write this? She's like, no, so it's kind of weird. Anyway, um, yeah, um, like I said, my name's Keanu. Um, I work in the film industry. Um, my dad's a stuntman and stunt coordinator kind of thing, and we can get in depth about what that means. Um, I started when I was 11, and I kind of just uh, been doing it since I was a kid, and worked in different places, worked on different shows, had different job titles, and uh, things of that nature. Yeah. So, take us from the very beginning. You're going to tell us your whole story. Your your first your first job as a stuntsman and uh yeah. the training it took for that as well oh okay sure um so like i said uh my uh my dad's a stuntman um he was a professional martial artist i guess you could say and my mom also was a martial artist too so we had um we had a martial arts studio uh and i started doing that when i was three so i was doing taekwondo and uh, a martial art called wushu so I did that. I kind of did it competitively. I wasn't a very competitive competitive person. I was kind of lazy, not going to lie. And I also had to train all day long. Um, yeah, so to spell Taekwondo, I'll help you out. It's T-A, yeah, that right there. Don't worry, um, Mike's my, my choices. You're going to see that a lot. <laughs> it's all good, man. Um, taekwondo is a Korean martial art, and it's primarily based off kicking. So that's kind of what that is. And Wushu... Is a Chinese martial art that's kind of like dance and performance, and it's a little bit hard to explain, but a lot of weapons, a lot of forms. So both of them were a, a more kind of aesthetic, if anything. Not too much combative, just more a good foundation. So I was 11 years old. Um, 11 or 12, I believe. I can't really remember. Um, and my dad was already kind of a stuntman. He was a like, fight coordinator and choreographer and all that stuff. And so a movie came around called G.I. Joe in uh, 2008 and I auditioned I actually didn't even know what I was doing to be honest my parents were really into me trying to get into film and I was super not into that I was a big skateboarder and surfer kind of kid and I just could care less about anything like that but um I ended up auditioning for it and I ended up being able to be on the team I doubled young storm shadow this kid named Brandon Suhu and yeah, I just met all these kids from L.A. that were really good. And um, I never really was introduced to, like, a level of martial arts that they were doing. So I think that kind of started my interest of getting kind of better at martial arts because I just saw this whole new world um, and how achievable, I guess, it was. And then, yeah, so that was kind of my first introduction. It was G.I. Joe's, my first job ever. Actually, my dad and I both doubled the same character. I doubled the young version of Storm Shadow, and he doubled the big, uh, the adult guy. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then, yeah, ever since then, I just kind of worked here and there in film as much as I could. Um, 
the guys that did John Wick, I actually I did one of their first movies they ever directed. Funny enough, it's called King of Fighters. It's kind of a shitty movie, but uh, they had to start somewhere. So now they're legendary. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like off a video game or something like that. I just had like a random another kid role kind of in it. And uh, yeah, man, and I don't know. Just kind of kept working in film here and there. No, just to get an idea of the things he's done in film. Again, Thomas going through his IMDb. We're just going to go take a quick look. There's a show here everyone's heard of. Or a movie as well. Yeah, and sorry if um, I'm not being super detailed. I'm, I'm pretty bad at talking about myself, so I'm like not used to that at all. I might be, you guys, if you want to know something specific, you might have to ask me specifically because I might just be like, oh, I don't, like, I did a show. Okay. Uh, yeah, so what's INDB is a really hard reference to actually go by. Um, and the reason why, so you'll see like some people might have like 200 credits, but it, the problem with INDB, it doesn't entirely get into detail so like the reason why i would have 51 credits is because i'm typically on show runs which means i'm on a production for like almost the entire series like however long the show is might be eight months 12 months four months whatever it is so you typically get less credit but you end up working on shows way longer and everybody has a different job in film so as stunts um, there's things called non-disclosure stunts, which basically you show up on a, you show up for one day and you get punched in the face. So it's kind of interesting. So some guys will have like 300 credits, but they didn't really do anything. They just kind of get hit in the, hit in the face and then that's it. Um, so yeah, like a lot of these shows, I was usually a fight choreographer or a fight coordinator, assistant fight coordinator. I was on the stunt team, trained the actors, a lot of that. I started that quite early actually. When I was like 19, I started doing that. I was really lucky um, that I was trusted with that, with a lot of stuff. So it's kind of why I didn't do that. And also, to be honest, I'm not even sure those are all my credits. I'm, I'm pretty bad at putting it on there. So, <laughs> yeah. So let's just go and say a couple of ones that people might recognize. Altered sure. Carbon. Big yeah. One. Riverdale. Yeah. Shazam. Yeah. Uh, Skyscraper. Deadpool mm. 2. The X-Files. Arrow. Uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, Supergirl, oh, Power Rangers, uh, Wayward Pines. That that was one of my favorite shows. Uh, I'm gonna ask you a couple things about that after. Um, the 100, another one of my favorite shows. Uh, the Flash, Godzilla, uh, Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters, the Twilight Saga, and uh, yeah, J.I. Joe. Now. You must be living under a rock if you haven't heard of at least one of those. And I, I just said some of the more known ones. Yeah, I just finished a movie called Snake Eyes 2, which is like another G.I. Joe reboot. Huh. And when should that be out, you know? I think this is October this year, but I'm not sure. Who knows? Everything's changing. Yeah. yeah. It's changing since the Fire Nation attack. <laughs> you, you a fan of Avatar? No, not really. I just, everyone on my TikTok is a fan of Avatar, so I've been just kind of forced to, like, look it up. I mean, no, it's a cool show, but I was in the, I definitely one of those kids that, like, watched a bunch of Family Guy in South Park growing up. I didn't really watch. They're they're rebooting it, uh, or not rebooting it, they're in a live-action version with Netflix. Yeah, um, 
It would be pretty cool I when they get involved in. funny the people that follow me on TikTok are like trying super hard to like get me to play Zuko or any character on it. They've been like tagging Netflix on my stuff and it's been kind of funny. I'm like, that's super cool. Kind of see that. Huh? I, I said I can kind of see that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think I'd disappoint because I probably wouldn't play Zuko the way they wanted to. I definitely don't like being a whiner and that kid's a whining big whiner in the movie so i probably wouldn't play it like that but so yeah i don't know they're most like likely that stuff doesn't really work i think if i had like three million fans i mean three million followers then it would be a little bit different i think people i think the studio would take it more seriously but in retrospect they typically want to always pick somebody that has a bit more of a bigger following or a uh also too um relationships are really important in hollywood so Sometimes those writers or producers already have people in mind for that role like years in advance. Um, so it's actually really – that's why they say like becoming a, an actor is like winning the lottery. It's, it's also a lot of that stuff is pre-designated. Pre-designated, yeah. Pre-determined? Yeah. Excuse me. I'm just going to catch you more. <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> See you around. Dara, fix your uh, Thomas, pull up his, uh, sh- his uh, show reel on YouTube real quick. Yeah, that's grand. Um, is this a, the real? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, don't, don't take a look at the real. Can we look at the real? Yeah, you're, you're I, not going co- to copy earlier. strike me, man, are you? What? Copy strike me now. I don't even. I don't even know which one this is. This is the 2019 one. Shit, I might have just threw that together on an iPhone and like <laughs> put it on there to send it to somebody. I, I don't. It's, Jesus, my, my computer is really slow. Sorry about this. Power of the dark side. <laughs> Turn off the volume for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, for anyone... Um, listening to this podcast it's basically just keanu ripping through guys and uh he's on fire for a scene oh yeah man you got to tell us about that 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 is <laughs> he's a body slam here some insane kicks jesus man snowboarding and boat is on slight stuff by Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to talk to us about uh, you being set on fire. Because I, I was watching your live stream last night, and you yeah. said that. Nah, I was, man. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's dodgy. I can see that going wrong in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's definitely one of the... Um... So, yeah, I'll explain two things. One... It's funny when you guys watch some people's demo reels. Sometimes, like that one in particular, it's I shouldn't even call it a. Yeah, I guess it is real. I used to have one that shows like all the movies I'm in, but the reason why a lot of that stuff is like rehearsal footage or like me just like um, fighting and whatnot is important to show your actual skill set of what you can do. A lot of people kind of put their actual like stuff they've done in movies, and sometimes it doesn't translate the same. But anyway, um. 
being lit on fire yeah uh so i've never done a full body burn um we tested that one out that was i didn't really film it because i was kind of we're kind of nervous that's the only one i got we the end result we ended up just doing it all the way up to my shoulder but we did start it from like my back and my whole uh arm so that was pretty scary um it's definitely not a common stunt that anyone gets to do you any dangerous stunt that you're asked or given the opportunity is 100 percent based on a the relationship with you and that coordinator and also has to do a lot with your like experience like um you would think randomly if you get into stunts like yeah i'm gonna get hit by cards like no you're definitely if you're new you're not doing anything you're gonna be getting people coffee like not really <laughs> but you're gonna get like fall down and get hurt kind of see where you're at um so yeah it's it's a it was a pretty cool opportunity um they have this special so you wear this thing called nomex underneath your clothes which is like a racing kind of suit i guess you can say and it just helps protect your skin as much as it can and then they put this special gel um two guys that we work with here actually got i think an award for making this new fire gel that's really good it lasts for a long time and it really creates that barrier really quick but getting lit on fire um it's really hot really fast and you might not feel it for a couple seconds and then all of a sudden you're like holy shit this is super hot like oh my um, god i'm on fire yeah a little bit and so you think like when you see people in movies and the reason why they like walk like a scarecrow is because you would think you're like oh why don't they like move and flail and all that stuff and in real life people would move and flail and burn they're melting but because the fire starts to engulf around you even if it's a small a small part if you inhale the fire i mean if you breathe in you will actually roast your inside so that's a big thing you can't so you're actually trying to keep it away from you and you're not trying to make huge motions because you can end up yeah it can go sideways real quick um and also, too, like, no matter what, you're probably eyebrows and eyelashes might get singed. Uh, one of my friends, she definitely had a full fire burn, and it fucking, no matter, they prepped it and all that stuff. And, yeah, it's it's really dangerous. Uh, it's definitely one of the cooler gags you can do. Um, but, yeah, it's incredibly dangerous, for sure. I was really lucky to even just got a little bit on fire, so it was, it was pretty cool. I would do it again, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I would ever do a full fire burn. It's pretty sketchy. <laughs> How many how many takes did you have to do for that? Uh, not much. Usually, big gags like that, you don't do it a lot. You but realistically, you try to get it one to two takes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen anybody do a fire burn more than like three times. Um, you're 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 fucking up if you're doing. It. Usually, it's like one time. You're not gonna do it again. Uh, yeah, but it depends. I can't speak for everybody. Every there's no one uh method for anything. There's no one like rule every show every person is completely different you have some guys out there that will do it fucking 50 times they don't care um kind of <laughs> some, some stuntmen are pretty gnarly <laughs> i'm gonna assume the pay must be worth it depends where you live uh you know, some like, stuntmen around the world paying a guy to set himself on fire unless it was dara i'm assuming they're gonna expect a lot of money for that no so it depends where you live uh -huh. like if you are if you live in north america yeah, you can negotiate your maybe your adjustment depending on how big the fire burn is. But like people in India, people in China, people in Japan, they get paid like a hundred bucks for a day. Like it's not. A lot of people assume that like if you work in the movie industry, you get paid loads of money, and that's not true. North America, Canada, America, I think the UK, they get compensated very well. So yeah, in that regards, that it's true. But there's a lot of places around the world um, that if you're a stuntman, you're making jack shit. You're like really not making a living. 
Um, and that's why a lot of people try to get into North America because it's definitely, you can make an actual career out of it. So I'm really, and that's crazy because people in Japan and China are also some of the best stuntmen in the world and they get the living, beat the living crap out of each other and uh, they don't get paid very well. You should get paid a lot more for sure. Hmm. Have you ever had to work in those countries? Or I never worked. outside the US? Uh, no, I have Canada and the US. Um, have I worked in... Uh, no, 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 no. I've been in different shoots when I was a kid when my dad was in other places. Um, and we would go over there, and that's kind of how I like met those guys and like talked to them and whatnot. Um, we all were supposed to go to Japan for Snake Eyes, but they didn't want to pay us, which makes sense because they have the Japanese guys over there to do it. So um, yeah, it's a. Uh, I personally, I think because I've been overseas a bunch when my dad was over there, I it's really not that grand of a time. I'm gonna be completely honest, um, especially when you have a family and kids and dogs it's like your hours are like ridiculously long you're working like 15 16 hours really minimum honestly and you do this every day for months on end so a lot of people try to stay local if they can if they have the opportunity they will and i've been really lucky that uh canada and the u.s have been so busy with filming and especially vancouver was just a bucket full for film um i had the just the luxury to be able to stay there as much as possible it's awesome. Fair enough. Yeah. So these are very unique opportunities, but of course it comes with having a very unique uh, skill set. Um, obviously you're training a lot. How how how, oh, how long a week do you reckon you're, you're training like? Um. Yeah, I'm gonna be real with you guys, man. I definitely like skateboard majority of my time. Um, nice. I, de I definitely skateboard and like play guitar and kind of goof off um you know i there are people out there that do train so i have a i have a co-worker a friend of mine his name's jeremy marinas and he's kind of like a very well-known famous kind of stunt guy young guy he's like 32 ish that animal trains every day that guy trains every morning at 5 a.m no matter where he is what time what he did he is an absolute beast. beast he will train all day long for me personally, if I'm working on a job, then that's different. I'll I'll probably wake up in the morning, I'll stretch, do something. And you do fight scenes and choreography and martial arts all day long till you pretty much end. So when you're on a job, it's a little bit easier to be more consistent. You weight lift, you stretch, you train martial arts. So that's just not nonstop. So when on my off time, I, I don't personally like to do it as much. It kind of just it's really hard on your body to be honest you got to kind of relax and enjoy and do other things so right now my regular training regimen really would be i wake up um i'll probably do like some stretching just eat some food uh sometimes actually i don't eat food i'll weight lift i have a weight vest i have some weights in my backyard i'll go do that or i'll do gloves and mitts with a buddy of mine just practice some muay thai and then i'll just go run or swim and do laps and things to that nature and then i'll go skate later so it's pretty pretty minor um you end up for a while kind of finding a martial art that you like doing and then you end up doing that for a bit for me it was jujitsu for a really long time i just kind of did jujitsu only and like i said when you work on a movie or tv show you you specifically train all day long so you get so much out you get almost over hours in so you're kind of like nah, you don't really need to do it a lot i also work 
the majority of the year doing fight choreography and 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 all that so yeah i, I sorry i'm going on a run on basically no, no. i'm saying, oh, good yeah basically when i do a job you train all day long you train actors you teach actors you teach stuntmen you create choreography you do boxing and muay thai jiu-jitsu on your off time during that day so when i'm not doing a job which is usually like two months if that like i actually have been working since for the last two years, I really this is the longest I've ever, ever I ever had time off, which is four months. So I think that's kind of why I didn't do much other than skateboard. Nice. Got yeah. Two questions for you. Yeah. Um, have you ever you. used an electric oh, electric skateboard? And uh, if someone's starting off with martial arts, what do you recommend starting with? Cool. Um, I have never used an electric skateboard. I've pretty much only used like a regular wood and some metal. Um. And uh, what martial art I recommend? I recommend you doing any martial art that is fancy to you. I mean, like, if you fancy it. Like, if you always wanted to learn Wing Chun or wanted to learn boxing, I suggest you do that And because you're going to be the most passionate and consistent with it. If someone asked me seriously what they should do, I'd say, where do you live, what region, and what martial art is kind of the most famous? Like, if you live in New York or Boston, I'd say do boxing, because it's going to have the best boxing. If you live in California or Brazil, I'd say capoeira or jiu-jitsu. If you live in Ireland, I'd probably say mixed martial arts or uh, or boxing, again, because it's that's what it's known for, and that's what's going to have the best schools. I think Brazilian jiu-jitsu or any type of grappling art is one of the best fitness workouts you definitely get tested and humbled really quickly it does not matter um what skill or level you're on everyone's just a different athletic beast so you can get you can be a black belt and still get tapped out by a blue belt it's unlikely but like it could happen and you're like oh holy shit people are getting so good at martial arts now that it's kind of all relevant like it's not kind of like mcdojo's as much anymore like most schools are just mixed martial arts. People are getting really good. The information's out there, and it's evolved a lot. And the UFC has really changed a lot of that stuff. So it's like, you, it's pretty easy to find good martial arts now. I'm actually <laughs> surprised when people find shitty martial arts. I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> I, I kind of understand that it's coming from like, a, okay, we're doing jujitsu, but like, what if we want to go do striking? Like, okay, this is MMA. We can do all of it. We can find the best version of them all combined. Like, why it's, restrict ourselves kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, that's why I say, like, if you can find a good martial arts school, like a good mixed martial arts school, then, yeah, you're set. And it's just a personal journey. Like, I have a friend that really wanted to get his black belt in Taekwondo, so he just committed to that, and he got his black belt in Taekwondo because he really wanted to. So, uh, for me, like, I, um, I've only had one belt for a while, which was in Taekwondo. And I was like, I really would like to start another martial arts. So I started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because I liked Jiu Jitsu a lot. And I'm not in a black belt yet because it takes freaking an eternity to get there. So I don't even care. I got my purple belt now. So I'm like kind of a belt and a half away from it. But uh, that's going to be a millennium from now. So I'm not even tripping how long it's going to take. So yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I think we had a, what was it name? Peter Cassidy was on from Hardy Boxing. He he got his blue belt recently in a uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, it's good. Very it takes good. A while. He's, but he has been doing it forever. So. Yeah. Everyone, there's no again with Jiu Jitsu or grappling things like that. It's based on your. It's based between your professor, your instructor, and um, 
you as an individual. There are people that legitimately just start off as blue belt. There's people that are a purple belt for like 10 days and get their brown belt because they're just an animal. It just depends. There's some people that get pigeonholed and like they're a blue belt for five years. Like I was a blue belt nearly for five years before I got my purple belt. It just took me a really long time. And it wasn't even based that I was bad or anything like that. It's just, they really, I think because I excelled so in jujitsu, they wanted to make sure I was a serious about it and committed. Oh, that noise is sick. Who, who was that? Yeah, we all know who that was. Yeah. Good man, Dara. Yeah, shut up, Dara. Yeah, if you didn't notice, Dara's actually here, but he's just super quiet. Yeah. Uh, uh, Don't worry, we're fire we're firing this week, man. It's all good. His mic so, is uh, having problems. You guys live in Ireland. How did you guys come about this? What is like? Wh- Why did you guys want to make a podcast? What was the whole goal? Just to meet new people and uh, talk about some cool things. We well, had just finished school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. High school or college? Uh, high school, uh, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not the same thing, but yeah, it's just our equivalent. What's this? My mic was muted. It was Thomas. No, it's not Thomas because Thomas has a sock over his mic, so there's no noise. <laughs> okay. Um, I said one day on Twitter, um, going to start a podcast. Who wants in? And the two guys said, let's do it. And I've, I've always been a like, okay, I'll just do it straight away. I'm worried about right. it later kind of guy. So I just started right. doing it. We went, not having a script, not having anything to talk about, just talking. And right. then we said, okay, we need guests on. And we went, we looked for people on tv and blah, blah blah i said let's get that person oh my god fix your mic is it, is it mine i guess my i doubt it man yo that's not nice come on man get out of that stuff man yeah How's uh it? yeah we... is it better now or what better or worse it sounds fine thomas yeah i'm very sorry about that yeah Go on. Uh, I don't know. We just want to start a podcast and do this. <laughs> That's cool. It's been going well. You guys have been having fun doing it. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, uh, some very impressive guests uh, like yourself. Oh, my fucking God. Fix your mic, Thomas. <laughs> I got to go pee. Let's figure that out. Sorry, you can unmute your mic. Okay. Oh, God, Thomas. Oh, my God. Okay, so... Technical difficulties, folks. Well, you're super quiet now. I think we got it sorted. Yeah, we can cool. Right on. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh, what was I going to ask you? Uh, talk to us a bit about your experience on set with uh, Deadpool. That's yeah, a pretty big movie to be in. I guess so. Um, yeah, it was cool. I mean, um, they built this uh, bathhouse, so it was just in a. It's in a studio, and they built a set, 
uh, the construction guys do it in SecTech, and it looks awesome. It's really fun seeing like the construction that people build. Uh, two of my friends are the doubles for Deadpool, so obviously um, Ryan will do what he can when it's on him, but when he's in the suits, like he's obviously not a flipper and stuff. I'm not, it's not like news to anybody, but yeah, so um, it's pretty cool. We uh, fought in uh, some. What are those? What are the uh, bathhouse gown? The underwear thing are called in Japanese. Udoshi, kumudoshi, kum, ku. Oh, fu. Oh, fumidoshi. Fumidoshi. Damn, sorry, I my Japanese sucks. Anyway, so you wear this bath. We're basically fighting in thongs, and uh, <laughs> the water was actually freezing. Uh, because we thought it was going to be hot, but then everyone got fake tattoos on them, and so they didn't want to melt the uh, melt the tattoos, so then uh, it ended up being freezing cold. And me and my buddy are, because we're mixed and we're also really brown, it, we, it's kind of funny that we looked like the two random people that were just at the wrong place in the wrong time in that movie set. And it's like everyone else was Japanese, and we just looked like the two Mexican kids there, like, fuck. And we didn't have tattoos, so we kind of start... Uh, Stood out like a sore thumb. He forgot to ask for get tattoos, and they, for some reason, didn't want to give me any. They were like, oh, you're the youngest Yakuza. And I'm like, what? That sucks. Um, it was really funny. Slice both my arms off, but you're not going to give me a tattoo? Yeah, it was kind of lame. They covered all my tattoos because they're like, it's not Japanese. I'm like, but, y'all, come on. Uh, I was kind of bummed because I really love tattoos, and I've always wanted to get a sleeve, and I thought I was going to get one on this. And they're like, no. Um, and uh, what was really funny is that my friend, one of my buddies, uh, he's just such a troll. When, when you're on set, you try to be super professional and quiet, but you also just goof off and do things like in the middle of the take, like hit people in the nuts and like try to like mess with them a little bit just to kind of do fun things like that. And so basically when I get my arms and legs cut off, he like literally slides all the way to me and he's throwing cold water on my body and I'm like trying to play dead. And he's like grabbing me by the head and it's like screaming into my ear because you have to fill up time and space when you do these fights because it's called yeah basically like you have to create motion and you have to like figure out what to do so you're not like waiting there to do your turn so he like slides over at me he's throwing cold water at me and i'm like dude fucking stop and he's like no keanu no i'm like shaking my body and stuff he's like i'm gonna perfect you i'm like Things like that. So it was super distracting. I was like, God, Micah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and like, that was funny. Um, and then, yeah, Ryan comes on and uh, he just makes up a bunch of lines. Usually they have a bunch of lines written down so they can kind of just play with stuff. He's really funny. He generally, it was genuinely hard not to like laugh during takes and stuff because he was just saying the most random, inappropriate things. Um, he's a massive human being. Like, he's 6'4". But, like, wide ass. Like, he's a big dude. I was surprised. Because his doubles both are pretty big guys, and they're not as big as him. And I was really, I was like, oh, holy crap. I uh, met his wife. met his daughter. Talked to Blake for a little while. She's cool. She's, like, a chick. Yeah. They're just, yeah. I don't know. I don't, yeah, other than that, um, how they cut off my arms and legs is just, like, uh, they, what they do is there's actually a, a company from New Zealand and it's a special effects team a cgi team and you go inside this like there i guess there's multiple ways to do this this is actually the way we've done in a few movies is you go inside this coffin i guess you could say it's like this cylinder thing you walk in there's cameras all around like full 360 all of it 
So you get scanned pretty much. They just take a photo around you. And then uh, they just have a full body scan of you. And then they just, on that one, they just put a Sharpie around where they're going to CGI my um, arms and legs get cut off. And so what they do with most movies, um, when they because a lot of movies do have CGI or color correction, whatever it is, after you do a shot, it's called a clean pass. Basically, they'll clear everybody in the room so they can just get a still shot of the room at all angles and they'll do like an HDR thing so they'll take a photo of the room in a full 360 degrees and they have these two balls which is like a shiny chrome ball and the other one's more matte with the color palette so they can actually match and color all of it so it's like a whole movie magic magician witchcraft it's crazy those guys are incredible and they work super hard it's kind of cool yeah, that's awesome. Not even just kind of like I, I can't imagine being on set for something like that. It sounds pretty insane. Well, you know, the it's both ways. Sometimes it's amazing, and other times you are just in a room that's incredibly like smoky, dusty, with a ton of dudes you're sitting there, sweaty with pads, and you're kind of like, fuck. And it's boring. It's like blue screen everywhere, and it's not. A lot of people kind of, and I hate to like break that for the, it is awesome sometimes you are in the starship enterprise but other times you're just in a blue room and you're like all right <laughs> like this is not you're just bored out of your mind for like 19 hours you might not do anything so it's a give or take there's definitely times where i felt like i was in disneyland they build like these huge castles or like sets and you're like whoa this is crazy and other times you're sitting in the snow and you're like i don't want to be here right now i'm freezing i'm gonna die <laughs> <laughs> and do you have like a manager or do you like just sign up for these things yourself it's all self-employed, yeah. So, um, no, no manager. Um, they used to have agents for stunt people back in the day. Uh, they don't do that anymore. I actually know, sorry, they do do that in Japan. They do have agencies in North America and Vancouver and in, uh, like, in Canada and Cal- uh, America. A lot of people, just some people are on stunt teams, so that's how they get jobs. They join uh, a stunt team, and then their team typically will get movies, and then they kind of cycle through that way. Um, and then, yeah, typically people just kind of find work on their own. Um, you, you meet connect, I mean, you meet people, build those connections and depending on your skill set, some people don't need to be on a team. Uh, I personally am not on a team. And do you just say yes to everything or are you very specific? Cause I'm specific. look, remember I am the, yeah, looking at that, it's like, it looks like you're very specific with what you'll do. Uh, yes. In some regards. So like. I'm specific off the so like there's kind of this uh division between a stunt man and a stunt performer i i'll say stunt man to make it a generalization just to kind of if i want to be brief about it I'd be like i'm a stunt man in the movie industry but for me i'm i'm more of a stunt performer and it's kind of like and the reason why is because i try to pay my respect i mean it's really respecting the men and women out there that are like hardcore jumping out of buildings on fire like 300 400 feet uh smashing cars rolling them you know i've i have friends that are just brutal gnarly stuntmen do really dangerous gags i was never a fan of that when you do start in stunts you do have to do that so a lot of misconceptions from my friends are like oh you don't ever do stuff like that i'm like i did just i hated it i didn't like it i was really afraid to get hurt my dad has gotten his head split open like from right here almost died floating off got stabbed in the eyeball he's ripped and exploded his MCL, ACL, his leg has been snapped in half. He's gotten heat stroke. I've gotten heat stroke. I've cracked a rig before. So like 
anything like that, I'm just not, I try not to do it myself. I kind of look at the longevity. I definitely am not the toughest stuntman out there for sure. And I have no problem with that. So yeah, I turn down jobs if they're kind of wild. Hey, like, yeah, sorry. I just, I'm, I'm not suited for that. I think somebody you can find will do it a lot better. But I also, um, yeah, just there's somebody out there that might do the job better than I would. So I, I didn't take every job. And I wasn't really, I wasn't addicted to working on every movie. And I wasn't addicted of, like, having the most credits or anything like that. I was I'm definitely more lenient. I like having my own time. I like doing jobs that I can excel in and learn. And also planning out the stunts that I do. So I really enjoy being on a stunt team because if there's a bigger gag that I want to try or do, I'll have more time to prep it with people and, like, really have control of how it kind of goes. And planet i i'm not a big fan of just showing up on the day or showing up two days before and just doing something kind of wild it's not my favorite especially if i don't work or know the guy very well it's like you're putting a, a lot of trust on a bunch of team that you don't know so that's personally my thing everyone's different some dudes are like full send mode and they're down for the cause and i have mad respect for them so uh, yeah, I am a bit selective. Uh, it depends on where it is too. I like, like I said, I like to stay home. I've been traveling more for work going to the East coast. It's really cool to experience new places and work with new teams, but it, it's, it's hard to be away from your friends and family and your home and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. You know, that is uh, a part of it. Definitely. <laughs> I have some badass friends, man. Like, my friend uh, Lars, have you have you guys ever seen Hot Rod? Hot Rod, I think I'm Hot Rod. You should check, yeah, Hot Rod with Andy Samberg. Man, in the opening scene, I would go on YouTube and watch Hot Rod opening scene right now. That's what you got to do. Check this, <laughs> check this out. My friend's nuts, man. He's no, no man, not Hot Todd. Come on, what? Hot Rod. What do you hot, do? Todd's YouTube. not hot, man. Come on. <laughs> I look, I look up the opening. Okay, like, uh, do uh. Yeah, yeah, just small truck jump. Alright, check this out. Oh. oh dear God. Oh dear God, what did your friend do? You'll see. <laughs> Look at Dara. Dara's just having no, a No, I'm gonna time. give you guys some like insight of like how badass like stunt men and stunt women are, or just yeah, stunt people. I'm nothing like this. I'm not I'm not a gnarly dude. I'm I I do pretty fight scenes and like I'll occasionally do the random stunt, but these a group of people I know are just savages absolute savage. even my dad was actually pretty like pretty gnarly he would like get down with it i think that's why i just like watched him and i saw him get fucked up too many times so i'm like mm, i'm cool this was your friend <laughs> yeah so my friend lars um a lot of the stunt performers on this were pretty pretty sick they're 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 on x games mode uh yeah so this is the bike so you'll see you'll watch i'll explain it why this looks so brutal Oh god. Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit, man. I'm gonna watch this now later on. Like the oh, entire yeah, movie. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize it was a pu pushback. Oh! Oh! Yeah. My friend, so on that thing, he snapped his femur in half. He broke it, like, oh. he full on snapped it in half. It, like, folds fully and, like, uh, 
Uh, yeah, they use that actual take. And that happens a lot. Like, they'll use the take that people get mangled on, like, fully. If you ever see something that looks like it hurt in film, it's because it hurt. Like, that guy actually, like, put his face through the wall. Or um, he fully sent it to the floor. I had a friend that did a Scorpion in the Batman movie. And he actually, like, they did a breakaway of the floorboard. And he just face-planted through the floorboard. It's crazy. Um do you hear yes. that thing with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? He like cut his hand on a piece of glass, and they used the actual tape for the movie he was in. The whole thing. Yeah. If yeah. you ever see anything that looked like it hurt, or it's a person flying through the air, or rolling downstairs, falling on their back, rolling down a mountain, whatever it is, it's real, and that guy really did that. Like, and they hardcore. Mm. So, I watch a lot of movies, and people are like, "Why are you freaking out?" I'm like, "Cause I know that dude, and that dude actually did that," and like. His hand exploded. <laughs> like it's, uh, it's legit. Yeah, they're they're awesome. Oh man, stunt that... women are definitely the most hardcore for sure. Stunt women are so basically they do the same stuff except they do it in a cocktail dress. So you can't mm. hide pads. You can't have knee pads or elbow pads. So they're doing like on the so there's a thing called a ratchet, which basically you get you're on you have a harness on. They have a line. And they press a button, you go flying. And they do that stuff straight up, just like in a dress, in high heels. You do fight scenes in high heels. They are brutal. And because it was such a man's job for such a long time, like a man's world kind of job, they had so much to prove and overcome. And, like, yeah, I mean, st- I, all my stunt friends that are women are just my favorite. They're badass. They're badass. It's cool, man. They work their ass off. They, they, uh, they full send. They are not scared. They are good, and they're getting better. They're yeah, it's cool. Stunt women are sick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Earlier, where we just kept saying, where we kept thinking, like stunt, like, hmm, how long till he's gonna be like stunts person or whatever? Uh, but yeah, obviously people might not realize women do it as well. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, someone's, like, they wrote on my thing, they're, like, I wrote, like, stunt man. They're, like, oh, it's a stunt woman. I'm, like, it's the st- same thing. Like, actors kind of prefer, they don't really prefer actress or actor. They're kind of, like, oh, we're just actor. Like, so same thing. It's a stunt man. It's just the name. It's, like, stunt man. It's kind of stunt man, stunt woman, same thing. Uh, I, I call stunt women stunt men all the time. I'm, like, oh, she's a stunt man. It's, like, they, people get kind of confused, but it's just a common term we do. It's, it's too good. Yeah. That's why stunt performer is another big one, too. But, um... Yeah, like, one of my bosses, Melissa Stubbs, uh, she's a savage, man. She's worked on every movie ever you could do. But I've seen her, like, there's this one gag she did where basically, like, the side of a truck, right? Like, you know how a truck had a clearance to the floor to the bottom of it? Basically, they score the top of the van, and she drives through it, and so it rips off the top of the van, and she basically just has to duck. She drives straight into it, full speed, and then ducks so she doesn't get her head ripped off. Like, yeah, stunt women are crazy. They're so good. I better be paid, like, a lot of money to do something like that. It's there, I was they... like, oh, if you don't time it right, your head's going to come clean off, but also don't do it too early so it looks real. Yep, no, that's pretty much it. It's all calculated risk, and you try to rehearse it the best you can, and hopefully your team and w- w- your prep time is good, but anything could happen. It's a, it is a, it could be a very, very dancing with the devil kind of job. You're definitely like, okay, yeah. I hope I don't die. Um, 
also too like another thing that's important i always want to share like uh one time i did this fight scene with my friend she's a girl and we were just coming up choreography and people were tripping they were like you can't fight a girl blah 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 i was like okay just let you guys know a lot of stunt women really want to do a job it's called non-disclosure and it's not fair to them because that's the majority of the work like not every person can double an actor because most actors are like you know usually they're like five four caucasian or six foot two and caucasian and not every stunt person's white and tall mm. so a lot of uh, there's a lot of women that don't get the opportunity just to be a random character or, or m do that and they totally can and they're it's definitely happening a lot more now like people are definitely cooler with it um but yeah, they it, it just it's this whole other piece. They don't get the opportunity as much, and it sucks because they're wicked and they should. So yeah, it's like I hope that that will keep happening because I have a lot of friends that are girls that are really good at stunts and they're really good at fight scenes and they're really good at just performing. And I trust them, and I think uh, they're they should definitely have that opportunity or that door to be open. And that kind of just bases off of people like uh, audience watching it if they can kind of let go of that thing of like. A girl can't fight. It's like, yes, they can. 100% they can. You ever seen the UFC? <laughs> yeah, it's like, chicks are gnarly. I, I literally, some of my best friends, I watch and learn from, like, because they're just so good at martial arts. Like, yeah. And they have sick experience, man. They do some tough, they do some tough shit. They are uh, badass. I, I used to do kickboxing, and uh, I had my ass handed to me more times than not by uh, female fighters. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like Same we're, here. we're practicing together, obviously, because, you know, small clubs, you have to fight everyone. And, uh, you know, often ask whooped. Man, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, the first fight I ever got in with the, was with a girl at my own school, and she kicked the living shit out of me, and now she fights professionally in Bellator. So, Woo. yeah. <laughs> I mean, enough, enough there. Ded dedication and discipline doesn't have a color or gender. So you you yeah. want it, you're gonna get it. Fair exactly. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> that, exactly. That, yeah. <laughs> that's such a quotable thing. Say that again. What's up? Dedication doesn't have a. Yeah, dedication and discipline doesn't have a color or gender. So you're gonna want it. You're gonna get it. I mean, I believe that with anything. Like, you, you know. You're, I think human beings and individuals are very capable of doing anything they do want to do within reason, obviously, the average person. And a lot of people definitely hold themselves back and they get in these really it, – it's called – it's the type of lens you look at yourself, uh, look at yourself through. Uh, I read I – that's what I try to do in my TikTok lives every morning. I'll read – I'll have a book and we'll read about like basically self-help books and we'll read and discuss. One of them is about just the lens you look yourself through. A lot of people allow others – to place an identity on themselves, I guess you could say. You let, okay, like your friend goes, oh, growing up, everyone's like, oh, Thomas is dumb. Thomas is dumb. Like, oh, Thomas is super funny, but, you know, he's just silly. Well, he might reflect on that and think, oh, I'm stupid. I'm not capable, which is silly. Everyone's capable. If you, you need to, people need to learn how to overcome that. And they also have to have people out there telling them to overcome that and that they're very much so capable of learning and excelling in their own life and they just have to give themselves a chance and they have to be dedicated and have that willpower to overcome that and everyone matures differently too right so you might you might it might take you a couple years to figure out who you are and what you want but you can never move if you're stagnant so if you're the type of person that looks in the mirror every day 
and just going to be complacent with where you're at, then you're not going to grow. You kind of have to face the man in the mirror. And if you want to change something, you got to go ahead and try. And it's going to take a few times. And it's no problem. There's there's so much resources out there. There's so much knowledge and power. And and uh, yeah, I, I think that's, again, like why I respect women so much is that they had so much adversity overcoming. And I learned a lot from that because I grew up with mainly my mom. And she's one of the smartest ladies I know. And she never stopped learning. She never stopped trying. And she never let anything hold her down, even when she was in a, put in a position where it was really easy to give up. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Nothing's up news. <laughs> Sorry, so, guys. What do, you, what do you think's next for you? Uh, in turn, like, movies, stunts. You gonna do more acting or anything? Yes. Um, sorry guys, one second. I'm supposed we we're I was supposed to do this raffle. Um, payments go to something. Guys, give me one second. I apologize. Right. I, we're do there was this raffle that stuntmen were doing, and there my friends are raffling off a car, and I I've still not gave in my money for the raffle, <laughs> and uh, he's gonna get pissed if I don't do that. So I'm gonna do this right now. What car is it, man? It's a it's a BMW. It's a drift car they just built. It's so usually what they do with a drift car. Actually, Ireland has a really big drift scene. It's uh, it does. Memories. You hear it every single night. Trying yeah. to sleep, and yeah. Actually, probably especially where you guys live too. Um, of course, I don't know where all it is. So, uh, Dara, you're awfully quiet. Yeah, Dara, what's up, with you, man? You all good? You know, anyone, oh, this is so stupid. Any, anyone right. who's listening on like Spotify and all that, like, he hasn't said a word all podcasts. It's like, it's like we're pretending he's here, but he's actually here communicating in sign language. We keep ignoring him. You know, Dara, people may tell you you're dumb. People may say, hey, Dara's stupid. Those people are absolutely goddamn right. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> Dara is dumb. Dara is stupid. <laughs> Dara has no friends. I'll leave Dara alone with you. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Dara, can you try to use your mic like right now? Ah. You right. muted yourself. Oh, I can try. Oh. Oh, there he is. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Still very it worked quiet. for a second. Sorry, guys. Just a couple seconds. That's all good, man. We were just giving Dara some motivation, you know? What you we'll talk about that more in a minute. I love talking about stuff like that. I'm really into, like, lifting people's spirits and telling them that they're worth it. Because hmm. they are. Come on, Dara, take it away. 
<laughs> Jeez, I feel, no. I feel bad for the people watching, listening to this one on Spotify Labs. Look, <laughs> we just got yeah. Dara miming doing a saxophone cover of the Jeopardy theme song. What do you guy? Do do. Right, I'm good to go. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, like I, it was funny. They like waited till everyone signed up for their um, their roster, and then they sent. They were like, "Okay, yeah, now everyone send their money." And I'm like, "That was kind of a weird way to do it." I figured you could just send it when you signed up for it, but he was all getting annoyed. He's like, "Hey, raffles due." Um, okay, yeah. So where am I going next in my career? Well, since COVID, we were working. I was I so I kind of worked for Jason Momoa uh, the last year or two. Um, just like a friend of mine and a really good doubles, a really good friend with his double, and uh, and uh, yeah, he's he's a cool, dude. Um, working the show called C, and when COVID happened, basically every movie ever shut down, so uh, they are now starting to pick up in some places. And uh, right now, I haven't worked in like four months, so I don't really have a plan, I'm kind of just playing on TikTok. I have a bunch of interviews now and like podcasts that people want to do. So I've been doing that. I've been working on my own like footage and things and working on other business kind of ventures and I don't know, just having fun. Um, you said to us, this was like the first time you've done an interview. Yeah. What, what do you think you've got suddenly like this huge group of people wanting to interview you and talk to you? Um, oh, that's a cool question. I, I don't know. I've turned down so many because I've never felt comfortable, I guess. A, I, I really don't like talking about myself. I think it's weird. Um, and two, I guess I always felt like I wasn't qualified to. When I started to, I think now I have a little bit more confidence and a little bit more back, I guess, I have the resume slash I have a reputation that's, I, I think, kind of respectable a little bit. At least there um and uh yeah just a little bit more experience so I, i'm not gonna just ramble about dumb stuff i think i was a little bit younger and i was uh, really afraid to say the wrong thing and uh and i wasn't necessarily yeah i just didn't have the experience in the industry to have an opinion on that so i think now i i have i have a, have a little bit more confidence that i can i know what i'm talking about at least a little bit not a lot I mean, I, I never mind saying that I don't know the answer to that. So, yeah, it's been cool. Um, I've been selective on some people. I've also, like, there's this one of my uh, friends now, actually met off TikTok. He's from Mexico, and he's doing his first podcast in English uh, with me. So that's been pretty cool. And uh, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome that people are interested about the movie industry, and I have the opportunity to share some light on what I do and kind of the behind-the-scenes on stuff because there's a lot of – information out there that's not entirely accurate and i see it and i'm like i uh, might as well just help everybody understand it yes people appreciate that and uh if someone wanted to become a stuntsman uh -huh. performer uh, -huh. uh where would you tell them to start uh it depends where you live so let's just say you're let's lucky you're from Ireland. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, you're going to have an awesome hard time. You're going to have to move to the UK. And the UK, to my knowledge, has all these certifications and requirements to even become a stuntman. It's very rigorous. It's very difficult. Very, very difficult. 
uh, to even become one. So I we actually had a friend that just moved there. She was from Japan, and she had to go through all sorts of bells and hoops and whistles to be taken seriously and actually get those credits and credentials. I don't really know how the formula goes. They're very good over there. They're very well trained. Um, they have some of the best guys out there. They do some of the best movies. So I would say that you should learn. A basic thing is go to your local gymnasium. Um, start learning how to do just gymnastics, acrobatics if you can. Learn some martial arts. Train that for a while. If you have a background in racing, drifting, anything like that, that's definitely good. Uh, depending on you know what your skill sets, make a reel, make some type of highlight reel. Put together what you do well that shows off your skill sets. Don't make it too long. Make it pretty straightforward. Things to that nature. And then you would want to join a background agency. So you need to get on set. Somehow you need to get on set to meet a stunt man or a stunt woman or a stunt coordinator. Because it is who you know and not so much what you know. So a, one of the ways is people would join a background agency or an extra. And you become an extra just in a TV show or whatever it is. And you just basically, A, it's really good because you understand how, a, how it works to be on a TV show and what it's like working those hours to even see if you want to be around it because a lot of people don't. It definitely sucks up a lot of your time. But from then on, you can hopefully meet somebody on set that's a stuntman or a stuntwoman and ask them, like, hey, how'd you get into this? Where should I go? Where should I train? Where do you guys train? Anything that you, your brain can kind of think of. And if they're cool, they might give you your number and they might give you the place and you go from there. Everyone has a different journey, especially when you know no one in it. So it's it's kind of based on your dedication and determination of how badly you want to make it happen. So you've definitely told that story before or given this answer before. I've given it on TikTok probably around 900,000 times. And you do end up – it's really common because you do get people all the time. Uh, in, in the movie industry asking how to get into stunts and a lot of it is if I'm gonna be really honest it's like it does matter of your personality like you need to be sociable and smart common sense don't talk a lot it's it, you need to be adaptable you might you don't have to be the best fight person but being athletic really helps being capable I guess you could say um, yeah there's a lot of factors that go into it your look could be a big thing too um it's gonna there's not one shoe fits all like if you're you know like i said you're six foot one and white and you're really athletic and have a good look you might double a lot but if you're five two you know samoan and 600 pounds you're it's gonna be difficult to find work you know you know so it, it just really depends depends on what movies are going around too so i think if people really want it there is room for everybody there's not, it's just, they might, you know, it, how do I explain it? It's like, you're like, oh, I want to be a stunt double for Chris Hemsworth, but you're like 5'6 and Asian. It's like, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and some people kind of forget about that, right? They're like, oh, I want to fight Deadpool. It's like, well, if you don't know any martial arts, you, you might not fight Deadpool. Like, so I think the really the big thing is just being honest with yourself, knowing what your skill sets are. If you have an end goal, try to reach that end goal and go with the flow. Yes. Sorry, yeah. that was not as helpful. I try to give a new no, answer. No, it was. Time to do this. <laughs> um, we're actually running out of time. Um, but uh, you said really you, quickly, you want to say yeah, you wanted to ask ask us about. Load of, you said you wanted to ask us something about Irish, or you said you have a bit of a Irish heritage, right? 
Yeah, so um, I knew that my I, we had some family that actually lived from uh, are from Ireland and Scotland, and my mom ended up doing the twenty three million test. And uh, yeah, she said that we had family in Ireland, and I thought it was called Merrill Island that my great grandpa was from, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, just I don't know. I don't really know much about Ireland. What is some stuff that you guys want people to know about Ireland? I I never knew that the accent is not as thick as movies and all this stuff make it. It's it's mm. rather easy to understand, but obviously there's going to be different like in the north or the south. The accent's yeah. going to be a little bit thicker and and such. I would yeah. think my accent is fairly thick, lads. What would you say? I'd no? say I toned down my accent completely for doing yeah. the podcast. But I think Dara is trying to say he's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't know there's an Irish language. Um, G- G- I can't pronounce it. It's, G- it's Gaelic, but it's not how you say it. Gaelic. Gaelic yeah. in Ireland. And then just Gaelic if you're talking about Scotland. But they're basically the same language, like a dialect difference. Mm-hmm. There's about the same difference in them between like British English and Jamaican English. Mm-hmm. Like it really <laughs> is very similar. Um, mm-hmm. That was a bad example, but it's really similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we normally teach a guest a little bit before they leave. So uh, anything you'd like to learn? Yeah, how do you say hello? Oh, oh, so easy. Jesus, man. That is like the nicest one we've ever gotten. Someone said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, so repeat after me. Uh, Dia. Dia. Type it in for him. Type it in so we can see. I'll, I'll kind of like give you a, like a rough, like how, so you go D, uh, Dia. So how we do D-E-A, Dia. And then it's yeah. like, because it's, uh, it's Dia, uh, Dia Gwit. Dia Gwit. Yeah. You gotta, say, you gotta say that. You gotta say that fast. So it's like dear Gwit. Dear Gwit. Oh man, I love it. Oh, <laughs> I, I think it's direct translation is like uh, God, God, God with you. But we kind of take it God, as hello. God to you, but it's hello. It's like the only way of saying hello in Irish. Uh, and there's a, there is a, um, there's definitely a surge. A surge is the word I'm looking for. The 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 language is being kind of revived again, right? People are more co- comfortable speaking it and learning it. No, really. Uh, well, the Irish state was started in 1922, and their first priority was to get everyone to talk Irishness. And they did it so strongly, they actually made people go away from Irish and want to speak English more. Mm. English is the language of business. You want to do good, you need to know English. Right. Um, that was the attitude they had, and they just... It's part of our education system, and people, when you're when you're in school, if you're learning another language, you're not going to be enjoying it. So they kind of hate doing Irish classes. Mm-hmm. So in the end, it's kind of like, okay, it's either you did really good in school with it, or you have a different reason for knowing it. But mm-hmm. it's it's in decline at the moment, sadly. I see. Do you we guys speak, find we like we say things like Cooper Fuckle, like everyone knows a few words of Irish, right? Um, but no one could really talk fluently and only in Irish. I see. Is the heritage and the history of Ireland, is that something that's still, like, instilled? Do people really know, like, like young kids, would say, like, 15, 16, do they know the history of Ireland or anything like that? That really sucks. I hope no. I hope that if you guys do do like that stuff, you guys can share that once in a while on the podcast as well, just to, like, educate some people on the history and how Ireland came about and all that stuff, because it's really fascinating, really cool. Ireland's story is just constant conquest. 
<laughs> but like us being conquered. So, <laughs> not a fun story. Did you guys watch the movie Foreigner? Foreigner? Foreigner. Yeah, it's with Jackie Foreigner. Chan, but it takes place in Ireland. And it kind of goes off with the IRA, uh, actually. Uh, um, but uh, it's a cool movie. But I, I'm curious if you guys watched it. How do you guys just feel about it? Because... No, I've never, I've never heard of it. Check it out. Oh, we're planning to check it out now, yeah. Foreigner movie. There's another Irish movie I just watched the other night called The Cured. Um, and it's brutal, man. It's like, it's really well done. It's quite scary. It's about like the what a world would be like if there was a zombie apocalypse and then they cured the zombies. And so some people are like cured from being infected. And it goes through like the PTSD and like psychology of just like how the hell it was like. So this one's really gnarly. That was an Irish movie. Um, so it's like they ate people and stuff and they're dealing with like... Yes, post-traumatic. Uh, yeah, pretty craziness. Oh, horrible. Uh, that's very unique. It's very yeah. unique. It's pretty hardcore. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Did yeah. you watch Normal People by any chance? No. It was a big show here. Pretty yeah. recently. We don't have that many shows which really show off Irish history so, or culture. Unlike America and England where there's so many. So, because I know we're running out of time, so I'll ask this. So, for you guys, for your guys' self, where do you see and want your podcast to go? I mean, other than going with the flow and not having a script and all that stuff, but do you... Is that something you guys are really looking forward to just to keep doing in the future? Is it a hobby? Is it something you want to do professionally? Well, no matter what, it kind of opens opportunities anyway. Like mm -hmm. we have the opportunity to grow it and then maybe have a studio and Ooh. have more Irish people we know in Ireland. Right. Um, we could keep doing it online with different people. Just keep going, making our way to people who've done all these amazing things. And that's what I love right now, talking to these people who've done amazing things and had these opportunities right uh we're all going to the college so it helps a little bit if i'm talking to film people and i'm doing film next year that helps right if we have scientists on like we've had before dara is mm -hmm. going to be doing marine biology so that's helpful to him wicked so plus it helps your conversation skills and so on it's kind of like a personal development thing as well like we have to start a conversation with someone we probably don't really know uh about them or about a topic we're both interested in mm -hmm. so yeah it's awesome right on only, only way is up what yeah about so you? would you ever start a podcast i that's like my ultimate goal it's always been <laughs> really i, I, I want to do a podcast so bad yeah i've actually do let us know three different people I've asked, wanted to do it, and one of them was so paranoid about COVID, he like was like, no, I don't want to. I was like, all right, fine. My other friend it actually doesn't live, uh, he lives somewhere else, and so we tried to make it work, but it was quite difficult. So yeah, I'm just that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get the experience just by being interviewed and being on podcast to see uh, some you know trial and error, see things I like, see things I don't, and um, I want to uh, just yeah build my following a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Just connecting, networking, seeing what it's like, and then I'll kind of go from there. I haven't really found. I don't want to do it by myself. I definitely want to do it with a mate of some sort. And I haven't really it's very found that difficult to yet. do it by yourself. You couldn't talk for an hour by yourself. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, like you're like, hey, how's it going? You're like, hey, like that's cool. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to have that banter and have like you, you know, you guys, you guys, your buddies, and and being oh, able I to disagree. Just, yeah. Also, too, like everyone has a different point of view and different questions. So, uh, yeah. You know, sure. Having that option 
is, is great. I, I, I don't see them as buddies. I see them as guys who make my life a living hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. guy. <laughs> um, funny until if people want to go slave. check you out, they want to follow you, where can they find you? Um, damn. Uh, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, man. What you on? Find me on Social Tinder, media. bro. Uh, yeah. You can uh, <laughs> see my Vimeo I have a, account. You can look me up on... So everything is... I kind of stayed consistent with this. It was actually a made... Like, so my... People always wonder what Wild and Valhalla is. Uh, so if you type in wild in Valhalla, that's my YouTube, it's my TikTok, and it's my Instagram in Valhalla, yeah. You big so, of, uh, Norse mythology? So, my, well, even though our family is from, like, I guess Ireland and all that stuff, but my mom's ethnicity is Norwegian, Danish. So, we are related to, uh, some Vikings and shit. So, I was, like, super into that. I ended up learning how to speak some Norwegian and reading how to read Norwegian. And I was trying to study the Danish uh, language as well. And uh, that's why I have, like, these runes on my arms and whatnot. But, anyway, it became a joke because when you do stunts, I've always just, like, oh, Odin's going to be pleased. Like, send it to Valhalla. And, like, it was just, like, war cry kind of stuff. And it was really funny. So, I did it as a joke. And, like, before TikTok... I never posted stunt stuff. I really never posted fight scenes or anything like that. I didn't really care to. I'd be pretty discreet about it. So I would always have these, like, random names on my Instagram. Like, my name would be, like, Candy Miller from, like, some TV show. And then people would be, like, super confused. Anyone that knew me just knew I just, like, goofing off and making characters up. So Wild in Valhalla ended up now sticking because my TikTok exploded. Like, I only made TikTok, like, three weeks ago. So in three weeks, I have like almost 400,000 followers now. So it's pretty bananas. Um, so I kind of just made it consistent. So yeah, Wild in Valhalla. It's my Instagram, my YouTube, TikTok. If you guys want to see me punching people in the face, that's pretty much it. Um, on a serious note, I like every morning around 8, 9, I uh, read on there just like self-help books. And we just discuss and kind of have a chat. I call it conversations with the stuntman. We just talk about life, talk about psychology, philosophy, I try to, I like I said, I have a lot of younger viewers, and I, I try to inspire them to be the best version of themselves, whether if they're, you know, maybe a, kind of fat or skinny or whatever it is, just tell them that they're capable, and, and they, I have, they have me to support them, so, yeah. I'm sure people appreciate that. And people already understand how, how helpful that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, man. Sorry, someone's calling me right now. Uh, just one second. All right, man. We'll let you go. And thank you so much for getting on. you got to finish up anyway. But thank you so much for getting on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry that a couple times my phone was going off. I, oh, I was no, it's fine. I, I don't uh, worry about it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I'm sorry if I... Uh, <laughs> if I didn't answer some questions thoroughly, uh, but um, I really appreciate it and it was a lot of fun. So thank you so much for having me on here, and I hope you guys go well and go far. And uh, I'm looking forward to hear some of your other stuff. So right on. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Sim goes. Let us know if you set up a podcast, and uh, we'll stay tuned. For sure. All yeah, right. Keep, be keeping a look on your IMDb as well. <laughs> okay. So uh, take it handy anyway. Cool. All right, guys. You have a good day, huh? You too, man. All right. Take it out, Later. Dude.